When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Uh, Zach, uh, Dustin, it's, uh, it's Chainsaw and uh, what's your name? Uh, they call me Ekian. Right. Hey, listen, uh, we want, we want, we'd love to do your show, but... Uh, but uh, there's room here to negotiate. Little on negotiation. We'd be happy to do your show uh, if you could provide um, only uh, plaid M&Ms. That's very important for Chainsaw. Yes. And uh, the Super Hornio Brothers uh, series, please. And we want those on VHS, not DVD. And we no need DVDs. a VCR machine. Yeah. And we'll, we'll need a VCR machine and uh, a gross of uh, Kleenex. And that's a gross, meaning a lot, not gross Kleenexes, if you know what I'm saying. They will be end up gross, but we, anyway, too soon? This is, this is Ekian. Oh, um, this is Chainsaw. Let us know. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Well, that's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies, and even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Freddie Shoot loves to cut class, hates to do homework, and the only reason he hasn't been expelled yet is because he's the gym teacher, Mark Harmon, in the Oceanfront High Summer School Class of 87. They're as smart as you and me. You and I. All of us. Paramount Pictures presents a new film by Carl Reiner, Summer School. I love this film. Oh, you're recording. You're recording. I, I always record. I always record because I, you don't know what's going to be gold. You might say something. You might reveal that you're the father of some random person's baby and you don't want anybody to know. And then I'm like, well, that's blackmail. Well, what are you, you are you implying that I'm the father of uh, Shawnee Smith's character in the movie we're going to be talking about today? Rhonda? They never, um, they never say who it is. It's like, I am the father. Say? She's like. It's either Don Johnson or Mel Blank. I don't know. <laughs> Mel Blank. 
Well, <laughs> what she says. She's so cute, though. She's so sweet. And I, she's such uh, a she's, she's such a like she, nice she's teen great. mom. I had a I had a I had a Shawnee Smith crush for sure. Me too. Um, uh, who's Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb? The Blob. But yeah, but for me, it was more who's Harry Crumb because <laughs> like because I was like, there's clearly like an awful family, and then you know, but she's like the good person in it. Did you have a Annie Potts crush in Who's Harry Crumb also? No, I've never had oh. an Annie Potts crush. I did. Hmm. Ghostbusters. Well, What's it's so funny. Damage? She was kind of, but she was kind of a femme fatale in Who's Harry Crumb. Do you remember? I do remember. I just, you know, she, to me, is just, she's just one of those people who always seems older to me. You know, like how that is, like when you're like, like when you look back and you're like, oh, that celebrity was like my age now, but but they always seem to be like fifty <laughs> or something. Like they well, always seem you, to be like seventy five. You just you know? reminded me of something because um because uh this month's Patreon, the month that this episode actually drops, July this month this month's Patreon uh, celebrity guest two dollars six questions is jesus garcia and you asked him who his celebrity crush was back in the day <laughs> that went terribly wrong we never even talked about it i can't no, i, I think we got I, I t- right i totally forgot like it just we, didn't it did. we got the answer we wanted well we got the answer we got pretty much but uh yeah, but it, I don't. It wasn't what you wanted. No, it was like he misinterpreted, and then I was like, "What about Amanda <laughs> maybe, Peterson in that movie?" And like, maybe hey, he she's did dead. It. Like, okay. Um, so. His celebrity crush for those that for those of you that aren't Patreon subscribers, uh, cheap plug. Consider becoming a Patreon subscriber simply for the fun segments. Two dollars six questions because. Uh, Jezu, aka Nick Corey's response to who your celebrity crush is, was very surprising. <laughs> and, but I would but, say you can te- you can tell people. I mean, you can give a little teaser if if this doesn't entice people to to want to be a, a patron. Uh, then we're failing, right? Okay, okay, okay. Sure, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. So so Dustin asked Dustin asked Jezu who his celebrity crush was, and in the eighties, in the eighties, to be clear, yeah, and he said. He said, "Well, you know that you know that mom in uh, what was it, uh, Biloxi Blues, or that Neil Simon's wife, Neil Simon's wife." <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, what? Brighton Beach Memoirs?" So I looked up Brighton Beach Memoirs because I think that's who he was referring to. And is he talking about Blythe Danner? Was she married? She wasn't married to Neil Neil Simon, right? Gwyneth or, Paltrow's mom. No, she wasn't. No, Bruce Paltrow. No, she's right? married to she's married to Bruce Paltrow. Yeah, was she uh, Judith Ivy? <laughs> Judith Ivy, perhaps. Um, Judith Ivy. <laughs> this Judith Ivy. I mean, it could so, be, but he didn't even know her thing. name. He didn't no, even, he didn't he know her like, name. He didn't know her name. So but, but, that was even better. So maybe this isn't a great tease, but yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is a good tease because you're going to have to listen to the whole thing yeah. because uh, he's clearly attracted to like older women which kind of makes sense in a way uh and and then but but it or at least in the 80s and but it segued into a much deeper discussion about a really terrible 
well, in his opinion, a terrible film that he made back in the day and a co-star of his that is no longer with us. So you're going to have to listen to that uh, on Patreon this month. But here's the thing. We're not talking about Jay-Zu right now, who's amazing. We're not talking about Judith Ivey, <laughs> who, who is in a – actually, she was in a movie with Sean Astin and Dermot Mulroney and another dude. Just call him Random Third. Um, where Sean Astin, I think, has sex with Judith Ivey in the movie. It's like a coming-of-age movie that okay. came out after Sean Astin had hit puberty at this point. Uh, hmm. Dustin's going to look it up, and he's going to... It's like not, it's not, well, it's not boys. I, I don't really... See, because now I'm in like this weird Judith Ivey uh, rabbit hole where I'm... Uh, it's reminding me of a lot of movies, actually, like Hello Again with Shelley Long. Uh, I loved the, Hello. I loved that movie. That's a great movie. The Lo- Lonely Guy with Steve Martin. Um, oh, yeah. I enjoyed that, too. Uh, the Long Hot Summer with Don, Don Johnson. Johnson. Um, so, but as far as Sean Astin uh, doing her. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know what movie it was? It was, um, it was called Staying Together. It came out in 89. Uh, I, I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that uh, Stockard Channing's in it, Melinda hmm. Dillon. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting her confused with Dinah Mainoff. I think. Oh boy, now we've we've gone off the rails. I think I don't. <laughs> but staying together, <laughs> anyways. My whole point about all that is we're not talking about any of that stuff right now, because right? Because today... because Judith Ivy is the aunt in Brighton Beach Memoirs, so she's not the mom. So, uh, you know. He, but there's a woman. It's just a weird thing when he's like, "There's a what? There's there there's a woman that's is it Lisa Waltz? I mean, I guess we should probably go back and just show Jezu photos and then. I mean, that's I can see I that guess. Lisa Waltz yeah. is like a attractive. She kind of looks a little bit like um, Linda Carter. We have we have speculated on an answer and then gone down a, a, a rabbit hole. For the first well, nine minutes of recording. Well, here's the thing. Uh, here's the this thing. Is... Jay Zoo's a friend of ours now, uh, right? So we could clearly just call him up on the phone and be like, dude, let's look at a couple of these pictures. But we're not talking about that today. Today we are talking about the 1987 comedy, romance, <laughs> horror <laughs> film, elements of horror, elements of romance, summer school. Why, perhaps? Why? Because this is coinciding with our upcoming interview with Dean Cameron and Richard Horowitz, two stars of Summer School. So there you go. It's very exciting. I think before we do anything, I I really would like to say thank you to our friend Ryan Shaddix for subscribing to our Patreon, our $8 tier um, we really appreciate you and happy summer. And if you out there would also like to join the $8 tier, you can get all of the things Zach just mentioned, uh, plus a whole lot more. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Ryan, you're the man. So thanks for signing up sincerely guys. If, if you, if you are listening to our show and you enjoy our show and, and want more of our show, consider signing up. But if not the fact that you listen, that's what matters. So we're talking about summer school, which, you know, um, I'm, I'm using this term wrong and I apologize, but ironically, we're recording this, uh, well, 
this episode will be airing in July. Summer School premiered in July. July 22nd of 1987. How, how that, cool is that? That's really cool. Well, is this airing on July 22nd? No. No. But, no. but it's still July. So, And I think our interview with Dean Cameron and Richard Horowitz, our upcoming interview with two stars of Summer School, uh, that might be airing around the July 22nd-ish time. For once, a movie about a summer school uh, premiered in the summer, which is interesting too, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I always got bent about movies that came out, like Christmas movies that would come out in Thanksgiving time, right? Yeah. I think Ernest, whether it's a good movie or not, is moot. Ernest uh, Saves Christmas, I think, came out in, I remember seeing that in like October or, or November. Um, Jingle All the Way. I think came out around that time too in November. Like, who? who well, who, who, who? I'm not going to look it up, so it's fine. Look, whatever no, you say is true to me. I'm I'm feeling like it's something like that. And then like uh, one of the Halloween movies came out in like September. And I'm like, wait, but why didn't you just release it a couple weeks later in October? Damn it! Do you, Do you want to hear something kind of eerie? Actually, please. please. Um. Of course so Carl Reiner, Carl Reiner, the director of Summer School. Mm-hmm. The beloved and talented writer, director, actor Carl Reiner—I keep swallowing my my L. Carl Reiner—he uh, died a year ago today when we were recording this. Get out, June twenty ninth, twenty twenty. That's really weird. We didn't plan that. No, but did did he plan all the technical difficulties we had up to this point that maybe, people didn't know maybe. about because you cut it all out? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's well, really weird. That's really weird. Did you know that going into this inter- in, into this uh, recording? No. In fact, this is my least prepared episode. You know, not that, I mean, I know like we like to say, like we just go from the top of our heads and that kind of thing, but... Which we do. I, yes, but I was like, well, I know Carl Reiner recently passed and I wanted to see when that was and it turned out to be a year ago today. Wow. Well, rest in peace, in a, in a roundabout way, we already had known Richard Horvitz because we took his classes and and, and his mentor to us in, in, in ways. Uh, and we thought, well, but he's good friends with Dean Cameron. That would be kind of cool. And this kind of sparked after Carl, after Carl Reiner passed away. See, it's hard to say. It's hard to say his name. I don't know why. I think Shouldn't because be. there's there's a there's a RL and an R right after Carl. That. It's like Carl. You, you want to go Carl Reiner. But it's Carl. Carl, Carl Reiner. Because you want to slow it down. Carl I can say Reiner. Carl, but I, I can't say Carl Reiner. It's what can you say, Slingblade? Not Carl. Some folks call it a Kaiser Blade. I call it a Slingblade. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, no, that, that, is, that is wild. That is wild stuff. Um, coming off the heels of uh, another, well, one of his best friends mel brooks celebrating his 95th birthday at the time we recorded this uh which was that is, is that today no that was the day before that's so yesterday the heels okay. of his birthday right yeah but that's so it's it's all kind of eerie it's kind of sad and it is the summer right we're in the summer recording this in the summer and carl i would say carl is not necessarily known right away as like oh the guy who directed Summer School. That's like not the first thing that I think people think of when they think of Carl Reiner. 
right? Uh, is that fair to say? Probably not. But you're saying you're saying that it is. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying is it fair to say that it's not the first thing that people think of? Yeah, I, I think most people don't know who directed Summer School. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ask ask the random person on the street. Have you seen Summer School? Yeah, I love it. Who directed it? Don't know. Would be my guess. Yeah, I think when when he passed away, people were, people were like, oh. Oh, the jerk. Oh, the guy in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, the guy who's always hanging out with Mel Brooks, his best buddy. Yeah. They don't say, oh, the guy who directed summer school. <laughs> no, I mean, and he's just, you know, like Mel Brooks. I mean, it's just a total tour de force, really. I mean, a guy who has done it all um, in well, film and TV, which is amazing. And he's got a funny cameo in the movie playing a teacher in the movie which kind of sets up it sets up the whole premise of why the main character of the movie uh shoop played by mark played by mark Harmon, has to go um teach summer school instead of going to hawaii because he's this loser pe teacher who who doesn't have tenure and if he wants tenure he needs to teach summer school because the original summer school teacher played by carl reiner uh wins the lotto and quits (laughs) Beginning of the movie. It's great. It's a great premise. It's a great premise. Just like uh, as far as how your main character could just end up in a situation that he didn't want to be in. It's like very clear right from the get-go. And um, that that the slimy guy, Gills, who is the vice principal. Played is, by uh, Robin Thomas. Robin Thomas, who uh, is in charge of summer school. And uh, Carl Reiner has basically said promised him previously that he is going to teach summer school and yeah and he's like well f you i won the i won the lottery i'm out of here well fun fact this is the first movie where i ever heard friggin uh where where carl reiner because 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 um vice principal uh gills is like you know what about what about all those noble teachers that that you know uh Teach because they love it. He goes, what does he say? They're friggin' morons. And I'm like, what's friggin'? Well, what's that? And my brother's oh. like, you don't know what friggin' is, you idiot? And I'm like, no, I'm 11. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. Uh, so much love. Um, <laughs> and, of course, the second time you heard it is uh, in, in Psycho Gorman. So, frig off. <laughs> yeah, frig off. So it's really only only two places. um well there in the bay area i think there was frick i heard kids say frick oh i see and i'm like what the hell is a frick if you're gonna swear just swear like who gives a shit is that what you said who gives a beep in school wouldn't it be funny though if every time you sweared you just beeped yourself your mom was like you know yelling at you and you're like you know what mom you can beep off okay i just think that swear words are so interesting because like how did this even happen you know like who designated these words as bad words it's so it's so strange because it doesn't matter it's more like about intent than like anything could be bad exactly there's a great do you remember that cartoon recess disney's recess I remember it because you were watching it two weeks ago, and I was like, "What's this?" You're like, "It's recess." I'm like, "Never heard of it." You're like, "You didn't? You didn't? You oh, never heard of this?" Yeah, there's a great episode called like, it's great. "The Story of Womp" or something, or "The History of Womp," because throughout this show, when they're like, "Oh, what the womp is that?" or "Oh, this womps," right? 
And then there's an episode where they determine that it's not the word, it's the meaning behind it. And it's a yeah. really, for me, as a, I think that movie, that show came out in the early 90s. It's the first time where swearing had kind of been explained at a kid's level of like, yeah, it's it's the intention, right? It's the intention. Yeah. I was a writer on Recess also, by the way. I wrote that episode. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, but you're blazed out of your mind on cocaine and methamphetamine, so. Yep. Um, yeah, Coke, uh, it was a special gay period. And I was like, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's, right. not the, it's the meaning behind the word. Well, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Summer school is a, is, is a, <laughs> would you call it a cult classic? Uh, maybe. I mean, what did this movie, how did this movie do when it, when it opened? It was, it was like up against like a million other things and didn't do great. Right. Like every movie that we like. I mean, it made it made six mil its opening weekend, which back in nineteen eighty seven, that's probably pretty good. Um, and of course, I go summer school opening weekend, and it just talks about summer school's opening. So yeah, this movie was a big part of my growing upness. Watched it like a million times. Um, <laughs> well, my favorite can, character can, has always been Wonder Mutt. Your favorite character is the dog. Always, yep. Didn't he go on yep. to? Didn't he go on to uh, be the dog in K nine? Uh, I feel like Richard and Dean had something to say about that dog, but I don't. I, I don't remember now. They do, they do, and and so yeah. you know what, guys, um, you're gonna you're gonna find that out in two weeks on that interview. But I will say this: you were saying, how did this movie get re- received? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so. So Roger Ebert, Roger, Roger Ebert, who would be considered like a kind of a big deal back in the day, as far as recommending a movie or not, he gave the film one half out of four stars, calling it yeah. listless, leisurely, and unspirited. I have something to say about that, by the way. Um, it it became it was the thirty second highest grossing film of nineteen eighty seven. Okay, so. I'm just saying it, it didn't do very well. I will say, for me anyways, this movie was a staple on VHS. This movie was a mm-hmm. staple on mm-hmm. HBO, Cinemax, mm-hmm. uh, any cable mm-hmm. channel that would have it because of its rating. It, it was not a, you know, it's PG-13, so it, it was accessible to a wide audience. And I think that's what, I think ultimately that's what is keeping it alive in many ways. Um, shit, I've always had a problem with critics. I've always had a problem with people like Roger Ebert and Roger, <laughs> Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. And, uh, because I, I feel like being a huge horror and sci-fi fan that I am, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they consistently poo poo on horror films specifically because they don't get it. It's not at their level, which is funny. It's yeah. such bullshit because, you know, Roger Ebert, Roger <laughs> Roger Ebert and uh, Siskel both like wrote or directed pretty shitty movies. Um, I the Dolls where... Nine was great. So oh, yeah, so good, so good, so much better than <laughs> uh, you know, Fearless Vampire Killers or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel like critics are idiots when it comes to stuff like this, and I think, and I'm hitting on, and this connects with the whole horror connection. I think one of the reasons why they didn't get this movie. Uh, or, or appreciate it the way I think I personally appreciate it is because 
it's a wacky tonal movie. Like at one point in this movie, it feels like a, just a typical dramedy about kids going to summer school and having to deal with that. But then it veers off into like deep horror elements and you're like, Oh shit. I did not expect that. And that what, that's what appealed to me as a kid. It's still, it's what appeals to me now as an adult watching it fairly recently that it, that it doesn't fit in the specific mold of cliche, uh, feel good comedy high school comedies right it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't fit that mold for me you don't like the main you don't like the kids overall in this movie you're, i think that's maybe the intention of the movie um you know you, you kind of feel bad for the the main guy cuz he gets treated like shit and i think that's also intentional too so I think the uh, Roger Ebert is watching this and he's like, well, this is not what I expected. And blah, 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 blah. I expected more for Carl Reiner. Like, OK, dude, well, you know what? It's just a fun comedy from the 80s. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. But live. I mean, he'd also Carl Reiner had done Summer Rental like a year before. Or yeah, something. which so it's not. We're not talking about know. Summer Rental and I don't think we ever will uh, personally. Uh, Speak for yourself, Zach. Because if you look over my shoulder, summer rental posters everywhere, signed. That was the movie I was supposed to go see, but I snuck in and saw Invasion USA instead. Right. A Christmas movie in July. Right? Another one? Yeah. I don't know when Invasion USA came out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when it came out, but it's a Christmas movie. It It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Anyways, I was going to make a really hard dig at Roger Ebert, but I decided not to. Well, that's very big of you. Uh, I I admire your restraint. Rest in um, peace. I don't know what a what a big dig would look like. Um, I was going to say the movie lived on longer than he did. Oh. Okay. That's a big dig. That is a big dig. But I didn't say that, so. I know. give it an A plus. A plus. <laughs> yep. A plus dig. To Roger Ebert, a man who is no longer with us and reviews movies, reviewed movies. Um, he his reviews live I, on. So you touched on something which is basically so. Okay, let's just go back to basics real quick. Yeah, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know summer school, it's about a teacher who teaches summer school reluctantly, a, a grown up. A big child, kind of a teacher, if you will. He's his name is Mister Shoop, and he's played by Mark Harmon. And Carl Reiner has said that he cast Mark Harmon in this role after seeing him in that Ted Bundy movie, which its name is escaping me right now. But um, that to me is hilarious. Like you know, I saw his nice guyness and was like, he's that's my Mister Shoop. And Mister Shoop is in charge of well, and he's a gym teacher. This is important. He's normally a gym teacher and he's thrown into teaching remedial English. And uh, this is important because he's basically become a gym teacher because he doesn't like doing work. He just likes to coast by, go surfing. And he gets put in charge of this remedial English class, as you said, because he gets threatened with, do you want your tenure, Mr. Shoop? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm teaching remedial English, but he's never actually taught anything. And... 
thus begins this, um, well, I guess it is over the course of the summer. Yeah. A three month journey, uh, give or take, uh, whereby he has to get these kids to, the goal is to pass remedial English by taking a test at the end. But it's all about the ups and downs of his, uh, you know, his attempts to be a good teacher and actually learn how to teach. And we grow with with him as the audience. Or do we? Because, you know, I, <laughs> I also rewatched this and I <laughs> did not like the kids. As you said, I didn't yeah. like them at all. Um, I think that's intentional. I could not though. believe the situations Mr. Shoup was getting himself into uh, yeah. with them. Whether he's, t you know, having Courtney Thorne Smith stay at his place. Yeah. Um, a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. Yeah, she's 16. He's like, he basically, you know, the kids are bribing him. Uh, they're like, we'll do work if you give us something. Yeah. And they all negotiate. And our, our friend Richard it plays Alan Ekian, who is the nerd of the group. Um, and Alan is kind of the lead negotiator. He's like, let's negotiate. This is not his voice at all. But he's like, let's negotiate. And uh I'm just watching this being like, don't negotiate with these assholes. Like, just fucking lay the hammer down. I think what you said in regards to who he was as a teacher in the beginning of the movie to who he is at the end of the movie, it speaks to why he's so manipulated by Iki and, and their negotiation. First of all, Richard Horowitz, one of our guests, upcoming guests with Dean Cameron, uh, you know, talked about how he was being the stereotypical nerd throughout this whole thing, nerd role, which I actually don't necessarily agree with outside of one or two scenes specifically, but we can talk about that later. I think what you're hitting on with the whole negotiating and like being manipulated so easily, I think it's, he's, he's like, he's a, he's a goof to begin with, you know, he's this man child who, who wants to coast through life. My point about all that is that he he was kind of this uh, loser guy to begin with. And losers are manipulative. Manipulative, right? Manipulated? Yeah. They're manipulated. And uh, that, that kind of made sense to me. I don't think you're supposed to like any of these kids. They're all in summer school. What's the stereotype of kids that go to summer school? They're losers, right? That That's always been the, the stereotype. That's not the case, trust me. And I'm not saying that is the case um, because they're not. But I think that that's something that people <laughs> – talking about my brother specifically. <clears throat> I'm okay, just I was saying like – like, is, This is way – this got way too personal for some reason. No, 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 no. No, like, no. I, I, I'm not a loser. It's your brother. <laughs> your brother no, went to summer school? I think it's a really cool like, – But your brother kind of was a loser because he was like – he was a jerk to you as you just mentioned. Well, you know, you, in many you don't ways, know who freaking is jerk. He, he he looks he embodies so many of the personalities of so many of the kids in summer school. Ah, I see. Right? In many ways, he's like that Dean Cameron chainsaw character, right? Who doesn't want to be called Francis Gramp, his real name, because he's he's pissed off about being called by that name. Mm-hmm. Um who loves, who has an affinity for horror films and everything revolves around his love of horror. Well, that's my brother. And he put that on me when I was a kid. Um, it, it makes sense to me that these characters are unappealing. And then Shoop in many ways is like, he's a lovable g goof. 
And we all know that lovable goof, you know, where they're not, they're not going anywhere in life. But by the end of the movie, you feel like, okay, they're all making a turn. And it is has a bear, a Bad News Bears ending, which I appreciate, where, like, they don't win in the end, quote-unquote. Um, but right. they do, but they do learn something in the process. And I, and I do appreciate that. I actually appreciate this movie a lot more now as an adult than I did as a kid. Boom. Interesting. Interesting. Boom. <laughs> For those who can't see, Zach just did like a little like drop the mic uh, motion with his head. As to say, you just got off the stage. You're like, yeah. Um, I made a bunch I of th- nonsense and went nowhere. I think that's no. I think it's noble what you said. I just don't necessarily agree and i think (laughs) for me it was very challenging to watch again i don't know i i i love it but it's it is a movie that it's it's i love it for nostalgia and that's okay kind of the only reason why you know you've got you've got dean cameron as chainsaw who is uh you know he chainsaw and dave they love they love horror um they love the texas chainsaw massacre Dave, um, by the way, Dave is played by Dave Frazier. Uh, sorry, Gary Riley. Gary Riley. Um, I love that you just said Dave is played by Dave. <laughs> you said, is it Dave? Is, it's like Chainsaw is played by Chainsaw Cameron. <laughs> but those two guys, you know, they're, they're such, they take such advantage of Shoop. They, they want it. They want, they want t- two wishes. And since, uh, is it Fabiana? Yeah, Fabiana. Or is Fabiana by, the actress? Uh, I'm yeah, feeling all across. The no, board. no, Fabiana Udendo, who played Anna Maria. Anna Maria. Anna, okay, yes. Anna Maria is her character, but Fabiana Udendo, Udenio, Udenio. So Anna Maria is the foreign exchange student, and they're basically so like, they're basically saying to Shoop, you know, because she, she just wants to have fun and learn. She actually wants to learn. They're like, we're going to take her wish. So they want a party. They want, you know, booze. They, they're just like drinking throughout the whole movie. Shoop goes to jail for them in his roller skates. Um, but still, after all this, he still offers Chainsaw his car uh, for his driving test with Chainsaw Rex. And it's just like, I was just like, enough. Enough with these kids. Stop, like, entrusting them, you know, with your trust basically it's like enough it, it's such he a does. it's such a dichotomy to um to the movie teachers by the way with nick nolte you remember that movie teachers with nick mm-hmm. nolte? uh and there was a pe teacher in that played by um oh gosh his his name is uh art art matrano who was he was in the police academy movies lieutenant mauser you remember him sure do and he was the scum. He was a scumbag PE. Te- he was a scumbag PE teacher in that, in, in teachers. And he gets uh, Laura Dern pregnant, and so that movie came out in like '84, mm-hmm. something like that. And then summer school comes out later. And I'm like, oh, it's another scumbag PE teacher. No, but he's cool because he's Mark Harmon, even though he played Ted Bundy. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Carl. Carl. Carl Reiner's like, oh, we gotta have. <laughs> We got to have the guy who played Ted Bundy as the role model for all these kids. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he was a very seductive serial killer. <laughs> and a seductive yeah. teacher. 
creepy. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I, I think Mark Harmon is great in the role. I mean, he does play that kind of oh, he's great disaffected. You know, and 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 when he decides, oh, I'm going to start taking this seriously, he shows up in a suit with a briefcase, and all the kids are like, "What the hell is this?" It's weird to all of us. Like your neck like, now, you're going to teach. Now you're going to take it seriously. We've been doing field trips for this entire semester. I mean, I think it's implied that they that they go on field trips probably for at least two weeks. I know? think so too, and and I think uh, you're hitting on a very important aspect of teaching that you set the precedence from day one how you want to be perceived by your class right so if day one you walk in you're like hey i'm the jokester i don't don't trust me guys no one gets in trouble you just got to do your best then the kids are going to walk all over you but if you come in you know they call me mr tibbs like to serve with love right away then people are like oh shit you know or jim belushi the principal no more Right. But people are going <laughs> to respect you for who you are, even though he was a loser, too. And, you know, obviously got that job. We'll cover that down the road. Anyways, um, he comes in like Mr. Nice Guy Joke Guy. So everybody's like, oh, he's Mr. Nice Guy Joke Guy. We're going to hide his keys. No big deal. We can fuck with this guy right. and, and no one's going to give a shit. And, and that is messed up, you know, because because honestly, being a teacher on both ends, being the hard ass and being the nice guy. You know your intention. His intentions, I think, are ultimately good. Um, that I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. He didn't get this job just to coast through life. I think he got this job because he thought it would be fun and he could also help, you know, influence young minds because he ultimately wants to help kids. Clearly, by the end of this movie, you see that. Um, but you know, he gets just taken advantage of by these hooligans. Because they are summer school kids. They're the stereotypical, oh, the bad kids always go to summer school. The bad kids do. But then we find out that not all of them are bad kids, right? The um, Shawnee Smith's character is pregnant. She didn't necessarily, she made a mistake. Right. And uh, Patrick. Maybe she's missed a lot of school or something. Yeah. yeah Patrick Laberto, who plays Kevin, you know, the football player, who's great, by the way. Who's also in ski school, uh, ski school with Dean Cameron, and then uh, Courtney Thorne Smith. She's uh, who plays Pam, which is such an old school mm-hmm. name. It's like she's not a loser; she's just a surfer girl who gets lost in the waves, right? We, <laughs> which makes it really awkward and uncomfortable for right. Shoop. Uh, yeah, but he understands because he's a surfer. So she goes out to surf midday and also like the fact that they can just see the waves from the window is really is, i want to yeah, go to that i mean school. totally that's that was always my thing like <laughs> that what? like tally high like they're on the fucking beach but it's also the same high school from karate kid fun fact when you were a kindergarten teacher uh how did you set the stage from day one from day one i had the happy side sad side <laughs> happy side sad side and, okay, and for the listeners, can you explain what the happy side, sad side is? Because I just learned about this through, so, through uh, one of your one of your former students who now just turned sixteen, and you said that you had yeah. put her on the sad side, and she remembered that. Yeah, the sad, the happy side, sad side evolved because I got quote unquote in trouble um, for it 
it wasn't allowed to put kids' names on the board in in two thousand four. Wow. You couldn't put kids' names on the board anymore. Um, that was just you know that was just too much for their for, for their, for their uh, psychologically. Wow. <laughs> like oh wow. come on. So I created a happy side and a sad side, or a happy French fry guy, which I don't know how that even came about. Actually, I know where that came about. It came about from a cartoon called Metalocalypse with a crazy cocaine clown. Whoa. And I'm like, he's funny. I like that voice. I'm going to turn him into a crazy French fry guy. Come on, people. Let's pop up a party. Who's also Paul Stanley. <laughs> so, yeah, Sometimes. very Paul Stanley. Very Paul Stanley. But he, yeah. So this character and, is influenced uh, by Paul Stanley? Or are you? that's your twist on it? It's not relevant, but I'm just Paul curious. Stanley and the cocaine clown from Metalocalypse. Love it. And so that was the happy side. If you're on the happy French fry guy side, life's great. All is good. Every kid's name in the morning. So instead of saying, okay, oh, I can't put one kid's name on the board. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put every single kid's name on the board, all 25 of them. And if like, for example, uh, you know, I don't know, let's call him TJ. TJ is not listening uh, after repeated warnings from touching his friend on the rug, he's like c- constantly kind of bugging his friend. So TJ gets, you know, uh, moved to a different spot, still not working, scooches his way over. This is a true story, just changing the names. Well, TJ goes to the sad side, which is a sad potato, because every potato wants to be a mm-hmm. French fry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm a sad potato, and I sound like Al Gore for <laughs> some reason. So, uh... So they go to the sad potato side and they can, but here's the twist. They can get off the sad side and go back to the happy side if they turn their day around. Okay. So that's how I handled discipline in the classroom. Okay. Um, when you were, it worked. that's amazing. I mean, I think that's, 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 that's beautiful. When you were talking about TJ, um, the, the first time you said he's on the, he's on the ground touching his friend the connection went out on the word friend. So I was like, Oh, uh, so all I heard is TJ's touching his on the rug <laughs> and he's on the sad side, but then you repeated it. Thankfully that happened too. You, yeah. Oh, TJ did that too. Oh man. No, I don't know did. about that TJ, but yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 They're five, yeah. you know, they're that would, that would put things. you on the they sad got... side or that would, that's probably neutral. I, I had a kid. I had a kid that was very much exploratory of himself and, I always made that sound. I go whenever he would. Oh my god! Oh grab my himself. God. This is. Oh, <laughs> this has gotten dark. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, anyways. My 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 whole point with all that is I totally relate. I think in in so many ways these movies these these educational teacher movies influenced me to want to become a teacher. Mark Harmon I thought was so cool back then, and now watching him now, I'm like he's not so cool. He's not so cool. He he's definitely I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. He makes a shit ton of mistakes. The kids are for the most part very uh unlikable. Not not all of them, but many of them. The main characters anyways. Yeah. Ikian, yeah. Chainsaw. Like these guys yeah. are jerks. Chainsaw is a jerk and he's one of the few that really doesn't change all that much throughout the movie. A lot of them have shifts, right? Kelly Jo Minter, right, who plays uh, Denise, she has a big shift because you realize she's illiterate and or dyslexic. Sorry, dyslexic. And I, we even said to Richard at that moment, there was like a real sweet moment 
which felt disjointed from the movie, uh, where he kind of reveals her dis- dyslexia to uh, to Shoop, and uh, I w- I thought it was very heartfelt. But but the, some of the characters are total dicks, and I get that. But I think I was like so influenced by. You know, we can all be a teacher. Even the loserest of mm. the loserest can be a teacher. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Which in some ways is kind of true. But it does take a lot of hard work to get to where you are and finally get in that position. I didn't uh, even know that tenure and, and so, was a thing, like for high schools. It is. It is. And in fact, there was a there's a documentary, not to get like serious for a second, but there's a documentary called, I think, Searching for Superman. Uh, which is about oh, the, yes. the failure of our of our yes. school system in this country. Yes, and how tenure is really not a good thing, and that teacher unions. I think this movie is is is. Uh, I don't I don't want to say it's anti unions, but it's more about we need to reevaluate the teacher union, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 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 some of these teachers who just burn out and coast. So yeah, I remember I learned tenure through summer school. I'm like, oh, what's oh, tenure? Oh my goodness! Oh, that means you can just like basically have a permanent job for the yeah. rest of your life. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> oh shit! Sign me up. Yeah, uh, I and I suppose that uh, honorable mention should be made about uh, Kirstie Alley and her role as Robin. Should it? Um, should it? Though? In this? Well, you know. <laughs> Just in the sense, because I have thoughts. Yeah, thoughts. well, I'd love to hear them. I just think that, um, you know, she was she was getting big in her career, um, so she's you know arguably the second most famous person in this movie at the time. Um, but she is just total straight man, um, straight woman, if you will. Yeah, and yep. but she is responsible for really guiding Shoop into how to teach, you know, really like she multiple times is like, you know, he, he, he essentially just wants to date her, but it it becomes that, Oh, right. Uh, she just has basic things like you just got to teach. And he's like, yeah, wow. Crazy. I should try that. <laughs> or, you know, she's like, how do you, how do you normally do it? He's like, well, I just bribe them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're right. Like, look, she was she was a hot commodity back then. Fair to say, right? With Cheers and Runaway, <clears throat> which I personally love. Yeah, but uh, Runaway. <laughs> I had to bring it up, but I'm watching. It's yeah. funny you say that, like bringing her up again, watching her again, because I'm like, why was I so? Why did I think she was so pretty back then? It's not saying she's not. I'm just like not really wowed by her like I thought I was back in the day. Well, because now you know <laughs> her she's true colors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It really so, taints, of course, it taints the picture. You're going to be like, why did I, you know. Um, that's true. Well, you you know, yeah. And, and she did have a scene, though. And, and it's funny you bring like uh, – like he wants to date her because she's dating um, Gills, principal, vice principal Gills, right? And they have a moment where when Shoop gets bailed out of jail for giving alcohol to minors, 
which he didn't, but he covered it up for Chainsaw Dave. Um, they're going off to wine country and he utters the line, you kids, uh, you kids have fun. Right. Then, and what's so weird about this is there were so many like girls I wanted to date back in high school and then in, and then in college that I got into the friend zone in and they mm-hmm. would go off with their boyfriend, and I would say that line every single time. You kids, uh, yep. you kids have fun, and I go home and like feel super depressed and super lonely <laughs> afterwards. I this is not the first time you mentioned this, and I find it really fascinating. Just in that, you know, we all do that. We all have these lines from these movies these you know and in our case of course they're they're 80s movies because that's the period we grew up in that we sort of adapt as our own and maybe use it in just you know ways that don't even make sense but i've you know certainly um certainly have done the same thing and i yeah i i I think we talked about it with just one of the guys where i would always just kind of throw out those just one of the guys lines whenever uh Whenever possible, and um, what line and, was that? Are those what I think? <laughs> I, are those what I think those are? It was, I mean, it was just uh, like. Um, Don't worry, everybody. She's got. He's got tits. Like, uh, <laughs> let me guess. You got me a hot date with Sandy's grandmother. <laughs> it's like real random things that just kind of like resonate, and yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? Um. You know, the way that and this is, I mean, we've talked about just one of the guys, but like the way that um, Clayton Rohner says, Cindy, let me guess, Cindy Lauper. You know, like he says her name weird. And I'm just Cindy like, Lauper. Yeah. It's yeah. Cindy Lauper. Like everyone I know is going Cindy Lauper. He's like, Cindy Lauper. But you know what, though? Because she just had a birthday not that long ago before we recorded this. And as I'm writing in her name for on Instagram, uh, for her birthday post, I'm seeing Lauper in my mind. So you and because I of that movie, page. because of that yeah. movie, yes, yes, yes. But that's not her name. It's so no, it's, it's not so funny. No, but it's yeah. so, but it's so exaggerated. It's so that's probably why it stands out. Yeah, yeah. And th- th- that line, "You kids have fun." It's such a like for me. I see that scene and I go, "He so wants to be with that girl, but he's trying to be cool." He's trying to be mm-hmm. cool. And that's what I would do. I would try to be cool, even though I wanted to be with the girl that was going off with. Who knows? Why, why do you spill your peas, Greg? Were you a messy baby? <laughs> it's like, it's just like lines like that. Well, those of us in Greg's gym class certainly know the answer to that one. <laughs> right. It's just like, um, this movie doesn't have as many quotable lines. However, um, the, the 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 added dynamic of that horror element with Chainsaw Dave mm-hmm. to me I think it's awesome I think yeah. it really actually uh, and then and then like Ken Olin's character who plays uh, he he plays the Larry <laughs> right? like the male stripper like that's right. wait a minute whoa whoa hold on a second isn't he like supposed to not be at that job well turns out he's not down the road but like. All that, or what, what is yeah. the line? What is the line that he says, Mister Shoop? If you know now what you knew then, <laughs> what does he say? Oh, you should, yeah. You should play that clip. That's a great clip. 
Yeah, but about school, Larry. I mean, I think if you could sneak in a couple hours sleep, you could catch up with the rest of the class. Just you, man. Think about what you're saying. I mean, if you could be 17 again, only you know then what you know now. Yeah. Well, I know. I hate that kid. Everybody has their moments of shining, but really, in many ways, Ikian and Chainsaw are are very unique characters overall. I know Richard says that he's a cliche of a nerd. I don't think so. I don't agree. I think the only time I think he's parody is when he's barfing in the trash can mm -hmm. after their uh, amusement park ride because no one would ever stick their entire body in a trash can to throw up. But I think he's a really unique character. What nerd do you know has to go to summer school because he's an idiot? Right. I mean... But I think he is really, I mean, he's really playing it as a nerd, though. He's like... He is, but but it's like not the typical nerd, is what I'm saying. He's playing a nerd, but he's not playing a typical nerd. But he, but he's, he's playing, he's playing a typical, stereotypical 80s nerd with his he, laugh, with his... Okay, I get you know, that. Yeah. I mean, you put him in a Revenge of the Nerds, he'd fit in fine. Yes. <laughs> and they're doing all doing characters of nerds. But he wouldn't but I guess I guess the depth of 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 the character that he's playing is that he's not a smart nerd. So he's overcompensating. Right, cuz I I hear what you're saying. It's like you're 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 not you're equating nerd with being smart. And yes. and as we know that nerd that isn't necessarily what it means, although it, it certainly did mean that in the eighties, you know, so he would be the guy that people would be cheating off of in any other movie. Yes. And he's not, Yeah, but he wants to be, doesn't he? I think so. Uh, it seems like he, his priority is more about, I just want friends. I just want to be invited to the party. Yeah. And I then mean, he does. And then he yeah. throws up. Yeah. And then has that, that coughing fit. <laughs> just really um, funny actually i love it i i know you know i richard is 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 a, is a legend voiceover wise in this business and uh but man i mean summer school to me is like i'll always remember his role as ekian in summer school for sure for sure chainsaw has this one line and it's when denise is uh taking the taking the test or he's not taking the test but troops teaching denise how, how to drive and he goes can i call my folks and tell them i won't be coming home Ever. <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. He's so good. Um, you know, the, the thing is, guys, like we had uh, Richard and Dean on our show for the upcoming episode following this one. And they reminisced on all these moments in the movie, which you'll hear more of uh, in their interview. You there, there is something that we have to talk about that you don't necessarily want to talk about, do you? Oh, the soundtrack. <clears throat> yes, which I the what? Okay, hold on. In fairness, I know because you're about to shit on it. <laughs> overall, when our show is based around one song, doesn't mean the whole soundtrack's going to be good. It's just the one song, and the one song we're going to talk about today, "Mind Over Matter" by E.G. Daily. I love that song. I love that song. Say it loud and say it proud, my friend. I just think... I just did, and I will. I was watching this... We Okay, we were watching this movie. We didn't watch it together. 
I happened to be watching it the same night you were watching it. It was, it was another kind of coincidence. Co- it was a coincidence, a coincidence. Uh, have you seen those videos, by the way, like on TikTok, where it's like, wow, you can really dance. What a coincidence. No, because I don't things? watch TikTok because I'm 45 years old. <laughs> well, they're not. They're because they're all over Instagram. They're all over oh, Instagram's reels. Yeah. Because okay. people, you know, record them on TikTok and they, uh, it, makes me crazy. <laughs> it just makes me crazy. It's, wow. It's this like video from like many years ago that's just caught on again and everybody does the same dance and they just film themselves. Wow. You can really dance. And then they do uh, that. It's, it's a coincidence. Um, <laughs> but we funny. were watching this the same night, and I, by the time this was over, I was like, holy shit. Like, every song from every montage was so grating to me, and, like, just, I was like, this is, this is brutal. This is brutal. Oh. And I said to you, like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I texted you, like, that soundtrack, man. And you were like... Mind over matter. I listen to it every day on the way to school. And I was like, I do. I do. What are you talking about right now? And you're like, yeah, every, or actually you were like very specific. You said Mm -hmm. when Bodie and I go to, when I walk him to school on Monday, I listen to this, blah, blah, blah. You're like Wednesdays is mind over matter or something like that. And I was like, no, no. Every Wednesday is mind over matter. Yeah. Wednesdays are mind over matter Wednesdays. And I was like, you, is that, is that, is, was it Wednesday? Yeah, I think so. And sure. I was like, I was like, you're fucking with me right now. And you're like, no, no, I love Mind Over Matter. It's a great song. And I was like, every other song that you go to school, that's good. Uh, this one is not good. And I know that lately we've had a streak where I'm not, you know, liking certain songs. But it's almost like they almost kind of they almost kind of hurt when I hear them. <clears throat> and Mind Over Matter is like one of the them. And, and Show Me How It Works is one of them. And it's just. I think it's partially the repetition, um, mm. and I know with Mind Over Matter that it was originally supposed to be Deborah Harry that that sang it, and there was some legal dispute or something, and E.G. Daly ended up doing it as well as some other songs on the on the soundtrack. Um, no, but the soundtrack overall kind of sucks. Uh, but I just it, it there's so many montages in summer school to begin with and so many good opportunities to have like a good song to drive something. And, um, you know, I love EG daily. I love her acting. I love her songs. I love better off dead. By the way, uh, chainsaw's mom is, uh, played by Ricky's mom from better off dead. That's a very fun fact. A um, very fun fact that you won't find on IMDB. Thank you very little. <laughs> um, not to cut you well I'm, I'm gonna stop saying this i'm just not gonna say not to off. cut you just, off. just yeah yeah right right so 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 fun fact folks um when the pandemic hit uh we were in school in zoom obviously bodie my son is not going to school uh and then he's getting ready to return to school well in the process of that we bought one of those uh we live in santa monica so we're you know we're, 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 we're coastal elite as they like to say uh, and we bought a yeah. electric bike. We bought an electric bike with the big bucket in the front and you can fit up to four little kids. Um, and we put Bodie in the front in the bucket and ride him to school in the morning. And I put my phone up and, and put, put the music on and, uh, we, we rock out to a song. We rocked out to felony. I'm no animal on Mondays. Mm-hmm. We rock out to, uh, back to school by, uh, our good boy, uh, um, Jude Cole, Jude Cole. And uh, Wednesdays, Mind Over Matter. 
Friday, uh, Thursdays, show me how it works. And then Fridays, oh, it's God. a little flexible. Flex oh. Fridays, Fridays are uh, Fridays are usually Explorers by the Midnight. Um, sometimes it's Don't Stop Believing. It's a little bit of little bit, little mushpa. Freestyle and, day. Yeah, freestyle. So uh, yeah, every Wednesday is uh, Mind Over Matter. Here's the deal: the I'm looking at at it through the lens of a f- <laughs> six year old. I'm sorry. Every time you say here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so uh slightly intense for a minute. No, or like or like you're gonna you're gonna lay out the plan. All right, here's yeah, the deal. Yeah. I love the song. You know, it's it's so, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that I did I, make I mean, it, I did. No, you're gonna have to make a two dollar late fee. Here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Um here's the deal. Here's the deal. Bodie, you know, I have got a six year old son, so my lens is like very primal. It's very primal. It's like, in, you know, mind over matter. Uh, fight and never say die. Dun, 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 dun. Fight and never say die to a six-year-old is badass. And then I look at that, I'm like, yeah, that's badass. You know, I go to back to Transformers the movie, which is by our boy Vince DiCola. But there's so many songs on that soundtrack. Nothing's gonna stand in our way. Dare, dare to believe you can survive. Like... All these songs about don't give up, mind over matter, right? And so the montage in that scene is so, it goes all over the place. It goes from, uh, you know, Ken Olin's character, Larry. Hang on a minute. Larry, I'm sorry. This is a great way. I just want to say this is a great way for you to justify just playing your favorite songs every week. Yeah. You're saying because- I'm seeing it through the primal lens of a six-year-old. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're like, no, I but- want to hear this as I go to school. I Which do. is fine. I do. Which and, is and fine. I, and but I'll say, I'll say it. Just don't primal six-year-old me. Like this, no, no, no. I'm trying to justify because I say to Bodie, I'm like, Bodie, what do you want to listen to? And he's like, Mind over matter. I'm like, All right, cool. I'm just saying. Initially, because I you're him, like, it's Mind over matter Wednesday. What do you want to hear? He's like, I don't know. Mind over matter, I guess, because yeah. it's the song we listen to on Wednesdays. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, <laughs> but it's something, something really, really badass. Seeing like a, a little guy rock out to this song. He's oh. like, yeah, yeah. Mind over oh, matter. Yeah. Today's gonna be a great day. You know, because we, I think we I mean it's this- it is it's beautiful and and honestly, you're probably the only. I think it's very safe to say you're the only dad in LA that's playing that song playlist for his son. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, in well, the world, he wakes, let's say in the he, world, he wakes up in the morning, and and I say as soon as he comes upstairs and we have our greeting, I say today's gonna be a great day, and then we go we're having a good time today. That's we do that almost every single. We did that almost every single day school started. And then w- when you say we have our greeting, what does your greeting entail? Oh, he comes upstairs and I go, Namaste, Bodhi. And he goes, Namaste, Daddy. And I say, Good morning. And he goes, Good morning. So you say, Namaste, Namaste, Good morning, Good morning. And then we give each other then a you, hug. And then you hug and then you sing? And then I say, And as I'm holding him, I'm like, Today's going to be a great day. And then he goes, And together at the same time, we go, We're having a good time today. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's how we rolled because it was all about wow. like we're gonna make this pandemic the best that we can for what we're going through right now. Yeah. And so I guess I watch summer school with that lens. Again, going back, I don't disagree with you about any of this stuff. The soundtrack is very lukewarm. Actually, it's just cold. 
you know, uh, yeah. Danny Elfman does the score. His song in the beginning is not that great. It's not good at all. I agree with you. Uh, there's there's a there's a there's a basic fabulous Thunderbird song in the movie, which I love. The fabulous Thunderbirds, I really do. Yeah, Jimmy Vaughn and is in that. And um, but then and, and but Mind Over Matter, I dig that song. It's not just the fact that I have a crush on E.G. Daly. I think she's she's phenomenal. And you like like you said, I echo that. We love her. Uh, and is that movie is that song as good as Better Off Dead? No, but oh, that was like close. It. That was close. I didn't know where you were going to go. I was, I was like, about he, to say, he, he says I was about yes, to say, I swear to God, <laughs> the show is canceled. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's also, you know, like EG, EG Daily is, is such a rocker. She clearly wanted to be clearly more known for her music, right? Is yeah. I mean, she, she appeared on, I think the voice and I hesitate to be incredibly truthful here because the desperation of a woman who was like, it almost seemed like my window is closing and this is my last chance to be an actual rocker, which is what I've wanted my entire life. And I have, I'm a rocker, but like, this is what I want to be known for. Like almost not like a shame that she's Tommy pickles or whatever, you know, but she was like, or, you know, that she's in Rugrats, but like, and all of these other, but don't forget about cartoons. the facts. Don't but forget was, about the fact. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I was like, oh, gee, well, this well, is what well, she really wants to do. This is a little. This is a little inside. But uh, wouldn't you say, Dustin, that there's a lot of voice actors that want to be rockers? There are a lot of voice actors that yeah want to be rockers or, uh, you know, do rock in some shape. Way, yes. shape, or form. E.G. Daly is so uber talented and an amazingly sweet person. Uh, we can both say that because we we we've at least met her and and you know and worked on some stuff with her, whatever. And and I think uh, she's yeah. I mean, look, I I still dig this song. I think this song's great. I know you're not a fan. I love this song. You're gonna play a clip of it, and our fans will debate whether or not. They like it or not, um, you know, and the rest is history. Well, I think, too, what was throwing me off was when you were like, I, I've been playing this every day. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that you meant for like a week or something. Like, So it really threw me off. I was like, your entire – like you said it and yeah. I interpreted it like you had been, since you were a child, playing this song in regular rotation. And obviously you you have most soundtracks in existence, so that, that, would, that would track. But it didn't track that – ever since Bodie was in school that you were taking him to school and playing that song. It was not until you clarified like, Oh, this, this playlist has been like two weeks or something. It was like, you were like, this has been three weeks. And I was like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. Cause it was like, maybe you, you knew we were going to watch summer school and you know, it has to do with school and he was going mm. back to school 
I think I think because because uh, for everyone listening, Dustin and I were like, we we should do a we should do an interview with with uh, with like a, a reunion type interview. Obviously, we're down the road. We're going to do a uh, Matt Adler, John Philbin reunion episode for North Shore and, mm-hmm. and, and have them on and talk about that in depth, which they're totally on board with. But we also talked about, well, well what's another movie we could do where we can get a couple people on? And and, uh, and we said, what about summer school? And so I think the minute that seed was planted way back when, which was probably in December or January, I was like, ooh, mind over matter. Mind over matter. It looks like immediately. <laughs> Fight and never say die. So, yeah, so that's that a makes great sense. line. That's a great line. That makes sense in track. Never say die. So yeah, so there you go. That that that's why it was planted. But uh, so debate goes on as to whether that song is very good. Is it better than Better Off Dead? I'm going to say no. But there probably will be some people that will disagree, and I would like to hear why. I Dustin mm. probably doesn't give a shit, but I do. Nope, don't give a shit. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a movie that could have been forgotten, but it wasn't. And maybe the soundtrack is going to get a little bit of a new lease on life. It's got a bunch of terrible tracks on it. I just want to, I just want to list off a few terrible tracks. Um, it's got I'm Supposed to Have Sex With You by Tony O.K. E.G. <clears throat> mm. e. Daly has another song on there called Seduction. Ooh. Another song called Jackie by Elisa Fiorillo. It's about Jackie uh, Lee, by the way. <laughs> yeah, not Jack Gilly. Brain Power by Paul Engman. Finally, a song that has to do with learning, I suppose. Uh, Tammy Show sings the song All I Want From You. It's a lot of like kind of ballady, at least in title songs. Uh, Tone Norum, Second Language. Okay. Fabulous Slenderbirds. My babe, I'm not talking about my babe. It's in the in the beach uh, montage. And yeah, Billy, Bur- yeah, Billy Burnett, like Billy Burnett, get an education. Isn't Billy Burnett the, uh, if you don't know me by now? I don't okay. know. Sounds right. Uh, sure. Let's You'll just go never, ever, ever know me. Never, 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 Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's just go with that, even though I'm probably wrong. The soundtrack is very forgettable, but let's just... Let's just wax poetic on the fact that the soundtrack ever got made and a movie like this got made and it's remembered and Carl Reiner will be remembered for summer school. Thanks to us. Well done. Great, great. Uh, another mic drop moment. Great. Yeah. Great build up. Great wrap up. Um, but, you know, we're not done wrapping up because we still got to talk about uh, the year it came out, which is 1987. 1987. Mm. 1987. So, so guys, guys, here's the, the deal. The wave. This <laughs> up in the wave. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, Coit. And um so on the show, we obviously talk about the year that uh that a movie came out and we talk about some fun facts. But travel on over to Patreon right after we do this segment. The segment known as what does Dustin know? <laughs> we'll have a few. That's pretty close to what Aaron was doing. That was really Dustin's good. wife, Aaron. Uh, so it what does really Dustin know? It's so it's creepy whisper. It's very creepy. Yeah. Uh, what does Dustin know? Yeah. So so 
after <laughs> we talk about some notable moments in 1987, there's going to be a fun segment we do following that called What Does Dustin Know? That has to do with this year, 1987, where I ask Dustin three questions about 1987 to see if he can get them correct or not. For you Patreon subscribers, you know what we're talking about. For those of you that are not a subscriber, consider it, please. There's your cheap plug. Bing! Consider it. And this uh, is exclusive to the $8 tier, along with like seven other video or audio segments. But $8's uh, got a lot going on. Obviously, $2 yeah. is really good because it's got Tales from the Video Store. And, yep. then, and then the $15 tier has got my mix CDs, which Dustin's parents are privy to every six months. Oh, They're gonna be my getting- God. So the first exciting. CD in rotation, by the way, quite possibly is one of my favorite uh, mix CDs I've ever made. Oh my god! Just he made saying. it for Jackie Lee in high school, but it still holds up today. No, because she'd want Rush and some marching band music. Oh hell no! So, anyways, okay, 1987. I'm just going to list off a few fun facts. Great, great. 1987 was the year. Of WrestleMania three. <laughs> Wait, I'm only, you're not quizzing yet. So am I no, safe? This is you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. Oh man, I was I'm like, only saying this because WrestleMania three was quite possibly the first most popular. It's probably one of the most popular WrestleManias ever. WrestleMania three, the first most popular WrestleMania ever. Yeah, because WrestleMania 1 came out, WrestleMania 2 came out. They were kind of lukewarm, but WrestleMania 3 was what so really So when it came launched. out, that was the most popular. At the, yeah, at, that was at, that was yeah. really what took WWF to the next level, Got it. WrestleMania 3. Got it. That, that's why it's worth noting, I think. Um, 1987, keeping it on the sports entertainment tip, was the year the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Boston Celtics yeah. four games to two. I'm just saying it's notable because we're talking about Magic Johnson. We're talking about Larry Bird, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Some of the best basketball players of all time mm-hmm. uh, were on those teams, the Celtics and the Lakers. It's just I remember watching that game. I remember watching that series. We're talking Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton, for crying out yeah. loud. Yeah. Great Come teams. on now. Love that team. Pat Riley, Casey Jones. Then we're talking about serious coaches, like the best coaches of all time. 87 was on fire when it came to sports. It was, but I will say that having the the NBA this year has been very interesting because uh, the Lakers are out, the Celtics are out, and it's just kind of awesome. The teams that are left, uh, they don't, they don't, they don't have these franchise legendary franchises. And so, to me, it's much more interesting now. Not to say, you know, I mean, obviously, I love, I love the the Celtics of the '80s, um, the Showtime Lakers. They need no introduction, you know. Like seeing an Atlanta Haw- Hawks team tonight do something amazing without their star uh, and destroy the Bucks by like forty points without their star. It's just, it's just exciting wow. when you see the Lakers winning everything, which they did. When you see the Celtics winning everything, which they did. Then obviously the Pistons came in for a minute and did their back to back, but then the Bulls, everything they did, and then the Lakers, every like back to yeah. the Lakers again. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of variety, you yeah. know. The Bucks, the Hawks. Who would have thought they'd be gone? Going on to uh, 2021. 
Well, I'm going to rough segue to another kind of um, topic for 1987. It's it's a little bit of a what does Dustin know, but not really. Um, does the name PTL mean anything to you? Um, when I hear PTL, I think part-time lover. And <laughs> well, that's it's actually kind of it's part-time part-time lover. It kind of fits actually. Um, Stevie Wonder. Um, but that's probably not what you were meaning. It's not, but it kind of fits with what I'm oh. about to talk about. Uh, 1987, the PTL Club, also known as the Praise the Lord Club, oh, <laughs> was hosted by Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, or also known as the Jim and Tammy Show. Uh, that show was brought down to its evangelical knees in 87. Thanks to a woman known as Jessica Hahn. She crushed the PTL because, oh, Jim Baker was having an affair with his secretary known as, you know, Jessica Hahn. And obviously ruined uh, their their fake-ass charlatan show of getting people to, you know, send in money to praise the Lord. So yeah. thank God for Jessica Hahn uh, bringing down scumbag like Jim Baker, who unfortunately yeah. is back doing the same shit that he's been doing, that he was doing in the 80s. He's back doing on some, you know, some yeah. network somewhere down the road. Who knows? Which is very disturbing. Same anyway, shenanigans. That was my other fun fact of 1987. That's great. So that closes out our fun facts on the show. Those but if good. you head over to Patreon, you're going to find out what? Does Dustin know? Whoa, I, I was actually anticipating this discussion to be more um, intense. Oh. But it seems like we had a general understanding and uh, respect for the um, fact that we agree to disagree on some topics. Uh, when you say more intense, like meaning I would have more, more anger, more visceral, more violence? Yes. <laughs> but you're not that kind of person, and I'm not that kind of person. As, to quote, uh, to quote uh, Rodney Dangerfield, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Hey. Right. I mean, I've certainly had some faux outrage on our shows about various things, and I do have strong opinions about certain music as of late. But other than that, no, I mean, it's like, because I think at the end of the end, I can't say words. I think at the end of the day, we always sort of agree that, you know, nostalgia is one hell of a drug. And we just keep coming back to that. So, you know, but for me, it's a lot of times I'm like, huh, I like this a lot. I really don't know why. Or like, I do know why, but I don't, I don't feel that way now. And it's just that simple, you know? Um, But it's a handful of movies. It's a handful. Quicksilver, this one. Um, You know, if, if this popped on the TV, would I watch it? Yeah. What'd you say? Well, wildlife. Oh, wildlife, wildlife. Thank you. Yes, yes, wildlife. Um, but it's just it has to do the the common thread for the most part is likable characters, and a lot of times I just like I can't root for these characters because I don't respect them a lot of the time. 
you know, and at the end of this movie, like, yeah, you're right. The kids have improvement and, you know, it's like Denise goes from having a 16 to a 25 or whatever. It's still improvement. Um, you know, and, and realizing obviously she had a learning disability. So she's very specific, but just, you know, it, it's that, that kind of thing. Just wanting to really like and connect with the characters and, and, and feel like, who can I root for here? And it was just, it was just harder for me to, to root for everybody. And, um, yeah, I think that's a heartfelt moment at the end though. I think it is when, when they're talking, cause it's like, you know, a 37 or whatever he says the, about the percentage increase. It's not a big deal. Most people would be like, yeah, who gives a shit? But yeah. to these kids, it does mean something. And I, I don't know yeah. to me that, that that's very heartfelt. Like that's a really, um, powerful statement when, when especially, you know, uh, with a kid, with a young kid who's learning to read right now, and he wants to excel at his level, and he sees all these other kids reading chapter books, and he's like, "I want to read chapter books." It's like, well, no, 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 wait! You jumped, you jumped up eight levels in six months. That's mm. huge. Which is, I'm talking about my son specifically. So when people go, you weren't talking you know, about the movie. I didn't get that. No, but it, like it, that's where I feel it because yeah, I'm like, right. oh, but you know what? Like it doesn't matter if if you are a, a freaking genius. Like if you are excelling and moving forward in life, that's all that matters. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing to to to, to champion because quite is. often stand and deliver. Like oh, they all passed their test and they did their thing. You know that's great, cool. I love it. It's a true story, awesome. Uh, but but for it to be like a ragtag group that just does better on their own, I love that shit, man. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. That's the way it's supposed to be. Like, be proud of what you did, not the other people in the room. So there you go. Yeah. No, there's no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not arguing that at all. No, no. And I don't. I don't know why I'm so yeah. passionate about it. But <laughs> I'm the one who's passionate about it. All I have to say is, Wondermutt, go fetch. When they threw that firework out into the sand and wonder what wonder Mutt went to chase it i was oh. like no don't do it don't hurt this dog because you're such a you're such a good animal lover too right and that's and that's my side like you're you're seeing your life is seeing chapter books and my side is seeing you know i don't want to see animal abuse yeah well, i mean look same boat in a yeah. weird way you know i mean you love animal abuse and chapter books that's fine <laughs> i you know I never learned how to read, and I don't like animal abuse, so it's fine. <laughs> we just compliment each other like that. I will say too, like I'm glad that we were able to have uh, Richard Horvitz and Dean Cameron on our show to talk about summer school, which we'll be having in two weeks. It's no a great reminisce. one, summer school reunion. It's fantastic. It really is. Check it, it really out. Really is. It's, it's fun. Zach is always like, "Dude, this is the best one ever," but you know, it's like they all are oh, usually the best. They're they're the best one at the moment for then. <laughs> no, they're best in their own ways. This is best in the yeah. in the sense that we never did uh, an interview with two guests on our show. So there's and it's the four funny as shit. It is funny. It yeah. is funny, and 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 surprisingly, we all got a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah, there, right. there's not we, one person that dominated, which is really can't cancel awesome. each other out. Yep. Yeah. Zoom didn't have to like suddenly mute us. Right. Um, but yeah, look, look for that in two weeks. And, you know, as always. Oh, and I also want to say one more thing before we do that. Just that 
Um, again, our Patreon, check it out because that's not part of our outro and you're not going to hear about that. But if you go, we have three tiers, $2, $8, $15, all with extensive exclusive content. It's all, it's all really good. I'm not just saying that. We put a lot of work into it and we love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, please, please show Jim Walker some love by supporting that song of his. Rewind, rewind, rewind. Tales from the video store. I'm going to play that song instead of Mind Never Matter out. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? Richard Horvitz and Dean Cameron. And you're listening to the $2 podcast. $2 late fee podcast. Dumbass. With Zach and Dustin. And Dustin and Zach. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win. Even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.